0: Hello and welcome to the Learning Summit podcast. This week we're going to talk to Steve Ding who works with customers on e-learning projects both in the UK and the USA. Steve, perhaps we can start by talking about your career story, where you started in your career to where you are today.
1: My career started at Bradford and Bingley. I originally was a developer but then moved into the training and recruitment side I looked after 300 IT staff and 100 contractors, was responsible for recruiting most of them from graduate level upwards, and also developing training programs. In 1999, won a major training award for a blended learning approach, which we were one of the first companies to use that approach, which was very successful. As a result of that, I became Group IT Training Manager with responsibility for the IT training of 8,500 staff. was eventually outsourced to IBM, that wasn't a good career move for me. I didn't want to work for IBM, so I then went off to a IT training company that I used to work with and set up their IT recruitment division where I worked for a number of years. I then had a re- job to recruit for, which was the chief executive of B-Media, which is a business-to-business network. So I applied for that job and got it. So I ran the business-to-business network for eight years. That's how I got to know Sean and WebAnywhere. When I left there, I joined WebAnywhere as the head of Primary division, then the head of education, then I was uh, general manager of the UK, and then head of um, global talent, and then moved into my current role, which is the VP of client services, where I look after a number of the major accounts, both in the US and UK.
0: So you're working with a multitude of clients, both commercial and enterprise, both in the UK and in the USA, what would you say the differences are between the UK and the USA, but also between enterprise learning solutions and those in the commercial space?
1: I would say that the differences between the UK and US are that the US deals and the US systems are just so much larger. The number of staff that we're dealing with um, in the US for companies is just on a, on a lot larger scale. Um, With regard to the US and UK, there are slightly different outlooks as well in that um, on the enterprise accounts, they want to keep ahead of the game. They see the need to keep ahead of the game and as such want to have the latest technologies in place on their systems and they want to be able to make sure that they've got the latest upgrades to help their staff. And to move their staff forward on the training side of things.
0: Technology is moving fast, so it's important to be on the latest upgrades and the latest versions of software. Now, with software as a service, that does happen, but with open source projects, it's really down to the customer to choose which version they're on and the pros and cons of an upgrade cycle. Talk us through the importance of upgrades and when the best time to upgrade is.
1: Upgrades are very important to companies. Um, They need to look at the functionalities that the new upgrades are giving them. This helps them keep ahead of the game. It helps them move forward in the way in which their staff are trained. Um, it's important as well because, obviously, uh, the latest versions are all in support with the likes of Tatara, etc. And also the latest versions use the later versions of PHP. So, again, those are in support and um, you know that doesn't cause problems for them going forward. The best time, I believe, for an upgrade is probably three to four months at- actually after the upgrade has been released. This allows other people to... Uh, get the bugs out of the way of the systems as they're upgrading and that's a uh, that's a philosophy that I've always had in my previous life as well not to always move to the latest version straight away but to to give a little bit of time for the uh, for the new upgrades to bed in.
0: When people are implementing learning management systems, where are the pitfalls? where does it go wrong in your view and what sort of preventative measures should businesses take? to ensure that risk is reduced and they get the maximum return on investment?
1: I think when companies are implementing an LMS, they need to look at the big picture. So they need to actually look at what they want the LMS to achieve, and they need to be very upfront with that from the very start. Um, some of the pitfalls can be around you know, how these systems report, what they report on. Those don't always meet the needs of each company, and therefore that's the sort of thing that needs to be thought through. Um, things like tracking, what needs to be tracked. Uh, a lot of the LMS systems will tell you when something's started, when something's in progress, and when something's finished. And will also prompt people to um, you know, tell them when the next... Uh, if it's a compliance course needs to be run but sometimes you need more detail than that uh, in order to be able to report you know how far through a system a person is, how much they've actually done, what percentage they've done. And sometimes that needs some bespoke development to uh, the LMS systems. So again, thinking these through uh, in the early stages of exactly what you want the system to achieve and what you want the system to be able to do for you is is better done right at the start so that we can look at the how the system is is set up um, correctly from the get-go and um, prevents you know bits of development having to be done uh,
0: piecemeal. Businesses are becoming more and more concerned about the learning experience and it being very enjoyable for the learner. What best practice are you seeing with customers both in the UK and US around delighting the user experience so that learners want to keep coming back?
1: Regarding the training experience, what I'm seeing is that a lot of training is being broken up into smaller chunks. This means that people can do things quickly. They can look at 10 minutes of learning and they can you know, take that in uh, on a bus, on a train, on a plane. Um, I also think that that allows a lot more flexibility when it comes to doing the training. Obviously, if that training is also available via various medium, through the laptop, through a tablet, and through your phone. Again, these are all the things that make that user experience a lot better uh, and a lot more flexible for people. So I think the major things are allowing people to do training as and when they are available to do that on the move or you know whilst they're away on business, and also making it into smaller, more mani- manageable chunks, I think, is is what people... You normally use today as best practice.
0: Steve, you've been working for some time now, so how have you seen the workplace evolve from when you started out to the present day?
1: The workplace itself has changed quite considerably from when I first started. Um, When I started, you were in an office. It had one dumb terminal that you had to book your time on. You used to dictate letters through a a phone, and uh, you just had the landline phones there was no such thing as a mobile phone Uh, that was good in certain respects that when you went home from work nobody could get hold of you Um, but uh, you know it was a lot more uh, nine to five it was a lot more um, inflexible really you had to you know sit at a desk and and do a job and there was a hell of a lot of paperwork uh, and uh, everything was done you know there were no email systems everything was done via the post so, massive changes have taken place in in the in the time that I've been working. There's a lot more flexible working there's a lot more mobile availability of systems and apps uh, and things you can do on the move, which you couldn't do when I first started so yeah the the workplace has changed absolutely immeasurably from when, when i uh, when I started my career and um yeah um you know communication. The ability to communicate in certain w- in different ways uh, has certainly moved on a pace. Learning has changed immensely in that time. It was all classroom-based when I first started, and now you know we have that flexibility, which is um, which is a major, major step forward.
0: Steve, you've got considerable people management and HR management experience within the workplace. With the new audience of millennials how can learning and development and line managers better meet their needs because their approach and the way they think is quite different from other generations
1: i've worked with a lot of different people over the years Um, i'm now working with millennials Um, my view is that they have very much a uh, entitlement culture i think in a lot of ways Uh, and therefore you know they work in a completely different way to to the way that I have worked and I was taught to work. I think that they expect a lot more with regards to the technology that they have at their fingertips. Um, they expect a lot more flexibility. They expect, from a learning point of view, to be able to do things on demand. They expect to be able to do things, you know, in a timeline that suits them. Where, you know, I come from a A culture of you were booked on courses, you did courses at a certain time, and time was allotted. Now, there's a lot more flexibility when it comes to learning. People learn a lot more on the job. They learn all the time. I mean, basically, you know, the internet, Google, Alexa, all the apps that you've got, people are just... Absorbing information more and more and more, and I think that with the millennials, that's um, that's just the way that life is, and it's not uh, for my generation. You know, it, it, it's been a big culture shock to some extent, but for them, that's just the way things are. There's technology; they're brought up around technology. They know how to work technology very, very quickly, and um, you know, therefore, the office of today and the learning of today has to meet their needs it has to be quick it has to be short and snappy it has to keep their attention and um, you know it has to to work for them
0: well thank you for taking part steve it's very much appreciated your insights are valuable to the learning summit audience if you enjoy listening to the learning summit podcast do subscribe and share on social media and until next time thanks for listening and bye for now